Hello, everyone, and welcome to a very special episode of Hotline League because we have multiple guests and they just lifted a trophy and some really cool stuff happened. And Mark and I both owe them an apology and some stuff is going to be, we're going to have so much stuff going on. Anyway, uh, before I introduce them, let me introduce my constant co host, Mark Zimmerman. How's it going, Mark? Pretty good. Uh, flew back yesterday, slept a bit. Um, I have a bit of a sore throat. It's not too bad. And it feels better today than it did yesterday. But uh, Palafox apparently also was sick and telling me that he had the Rona. So now we're, we're going to do a live test to see if I had the Rona at some point during this episode. So I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm ready to go. I think we need some Twitch subs or something to get there and then yeah. like a, a vote on if I have COVID or not. Once, and then we'll, we'll figure it out. Once we get 10 Twitch subs, is 10 enough, Mark? Or you think? You think <laughs> oh, I don't care. Okay. If we get 10 Twitch subs from here, Mark will take the live... The COVID test live on air, <laughs> and then we will do a poll beforehand. People can bet on whether or not uh, this will go in my brain. He he has COVID, and then we'll we'll do something based off the results. But before we check in with Mark and see how things are going, uh, let's introduce our guests. First off, we have the man who people thought was Diamond, and now he is. Made of diamonds. I don't know where I'm going with that. <laughs> Pal- Palafox. How's it going, Palafox? Uh, going well. Have COVID, but I don't feel too bad. So, yeah. How, how How's... Because when I interviewed you, and the interview's up on my YouTube channel, I posted it today, but when I interviewed you, uh, yeah, well, two days ago, I guess, you were still kind of processing it. You were like, oh, it doesn't feel real uh, yet. How how has the last two days been, I guess, for you processing the win and going through everything? Uh, I processed it more on the flight, and I was like, damn. I just, I mean, I just, we just accomplished something that was, like, uh, pretty amazing, I think, in terms of, like, the league scene. Usually a lot of teams with, uh, or teams usually win when they have, like, a lot of, like, they drop a lot of money on a roster, you know, or they're already established. Or both, right? Um and I think like our org was like neither of those, you know. So. So you've just been kind of enjoying, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. Next guest, our guest. This is the first time in a while we've have two guests on the show. We have Croissant from NRG as well. Croissant, what is your official title? For I am the strategic coach for Energy. Strategic coach, okay. Because I just I know you you're one of the coaches alongside ThinkCard, but then there's six other coaches, and so it's good to know exactly what your your title is. We didn't do an interview, but how has all of this been for you? Uh, I mean, I'm definitely happy, but I will say that I thought I would cry or I'd experience like more emotion, but I didn't tear up at all the only time i came close to tearing up a little bit like my eyes got a little watery was when i saw uh juan tearing up uh lifting the trophy outside of that i i guess it's because winning lcs was like never my primary goal that like uh i guess the tears weren't flowing uh so that makes me sad because like i like to experience emotion if i ever feel like i haven't cried in a certain period of time I'll rewatch like Haikyuu episode one uh, or something like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've been, I have been rewatching like seeing other people's reactions cause 
I like to stay in tune with like what people think we did well or what we didn't do well. Uh, and yeah, like I, I, I haven't flown, I haven't flown back. I haven't flown yet. So I haven't been able to, when I'm on flights is usually when I do a lot of like reflection. So I'm waiting for my flight back to LA to do a full rundown of like what the weekend really meant to me. Yeah. That's yeah. fun. Yeah. Well, maybe you can, you can find something to cry about on the plane. Uh, you can <clears> download <throat> something or I don't know, some sort of anime thing. All right. Anim- What's that? Oh, hi, Q. Um, shout out to Alienware for sponsoring the episode. Now, we'll we'll just do a quick version of this. Normally, Mark and I talk about sponsors, or not sponsor stuff, but uh, media and stuff that we've watched at the beginning of the show after the sponsor read or sponsor shout out. Mark, what have you been able to fit in in the past week? Is it just all Baldur's Gate? Were you Baldur's Gating in the hotel room? Uh, sort of. I found that it's not something I enjoy playing in like a smaller setting like that and like not an ideal setup because I want to get really immersed and like go hard. So like yeah. it's actually, I think it is a good game to load into and like do one encounter and get out. But personally for me, I was like, nah, I want to like get invested. So I didn't play a ton. I did end up installing it on my Steam Deck for the flight home and I was playing a new campaign for five hours on that and it ran pretty good. And more than anything, the controller support is like fucking amazing. Like, for a game like this to be playable with a controller is kind of crazy. So, yep, that was cool. Uh, other than that, I don't know. I think I, did I watch TMNT last week or this week? I don't remember. Yeah, I don't know. But uh, oh, when you know, you talked about it last episode. Or last episode, I think you said you watched it and you liked it. I liked uh, it a lot. Yeah, let's go. I finished Yumi and the Nightmare Painter by Brandon Sanderson. Really, really good. Uh, it was very fun because in the acknowledgements afterwards or whatever he talks about how he was influenced by well, Mark had already shot about one of his influences, but he said his biggest one was final fantasy 10, which was really fun because if you go on his YouTube channel, I, we did like a five favorites and I had chosen to do video game worlds and he had final fantasy 10 on that. And so it's like a fun little one year later, you know, seeing or reading something that was influenced by that. So I, I don't know. I really enjoyed it. It was it was super, super good. I finished it on the plane back and yeah. Have you have you both seen your name? Yeah. Yeah. Of course. All right. So all three of the people in the call, except for Travis, have seen this movie. I think Travis, it's about time. Especially since one of the books you just read is influenced by it. Fucking just watch it. It was in Brian Sanderson wrote a book influenced by your name. Brandon Sanderson. Yeah, yeah. Brian did. Yeah, his brother. No, Brandon Sanderson uh, Yeah, wrote a book influenced by your name. Um, Mark, I feel like if I'm not allowed to talk about magic with Chris Hunt on this episode, you can't talk about anime. <laughs> All right. That's, okay. a, that's a trade up in my book. Let's do it. I talk about it for five minutes. I'll talk about that's magic a for 20. For me on both counts. Okay. Well, anyway. Oh, yes. Okay. So Palafox and Mark both. Well, Palafox is sick. Mark is feeling sick. Chris Hunt, are you physically well? Uh, My. I got dinner with somebody and we talked for like two, three hours. So my voice is not all the way there. That wasn't smart, but I'm, I'm doing pretty good. Okay, good. I, yeah, I was just trying to figure out if everybody's going to be breaking down. Uh, Newark sucks, by the way. This is a, uh, yeah. Newark, I think might be my least favorite city we've ever had a finals and we've had a finals in some weird spots. Mark, did you experience anything? No, no, I did not. Uh, the, our hotel was in the airport. Yeah, um, I, because they didn't want to put us anywhere that's not the airport. 
And uh, you know what? If the city sucks, I'm kind of down with the airport move because it was really easy to get to and from there when, when landing and stuff. Dude, I was going... So the, what happened was I booked Drew and I into a hotel right next to the venue. And then Kobe came out like a month ago and was like, yo, by the way, we're staying by the hotel... Or sorry, by the airport because <laughs> uh, apparently it's like weird by by the venue. And I canceled and moved to a hotel near the airport and I did not regret it. Other than it's just really annoying when there's nothing around your hotel. I don't know if there was anything around for you guys, but it was literally just like go back to the hotel, order delivery, that type of thing. Yeah. Yeah, I mean we were inside all day all all day long. Well only either at the venue or in the hotel, pretty much. Mark, do you want to kick us off with any questions? Because I had a chance to do press conference with these folks. I interviewed Powell Fox, et cetera. But I don't know if there's anything you want to kick us off on before we start getting callers in. Um, I, so I was asking about the clip thing that I, I can't remember, but you seem to remember exactly oh, right. what I said. So I wouldn't mind. Is that a good place yeah. to start? I don't know. So, so yeah, here's what I was going to say. So I referenced this in that interview with Powell, you, Powell Fox. So like a month or so ago, maybe even not even that long ago, we, you somehow came up as like a person. I was like, oh, I think we've had Pal Fox on Hotline League before. And Mark was like, no, because we had talked before about how we wouldn't have him on until he reaches a certain amount of Twitter <laughs> followers and stuff. But then I noticed the that the last Twitter conversation I had with you was a year ago when we got you on Hotline League. So yeah. you had this is your second appearance on Hotline League. Mark just completely forgot about the first. Well, the other thing, I swear to God, I was running my mouth about how, like, the interviews with, with Pal Fox don't break 10K on your YouTube or something. Yeah, and something I think like I said, that. I don't think it was Twitter. I think it was he's not allowed on Hotline League until one of his interviews breaks 10K, uh, which, funny enough, <laughs> his championship winning interview is currently at, like, 15 or something like that or 20. Yeah, it's uh, at the top so, of the league subreddit. Yeah, so uh, it's it's pretty funny. But, yeah, we were just roasting uh you lightly about the fact that even though you have a good personality and Dokla too, and like a lot of the guys on the energy team are actually pretty funny, like fans just end up not really caring about people as much until they win. And so it's, it's pretty funny to see how much that's changed just with that. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I think that was what the conversation was. It was something like I was, and I was being obnoxious about it, being like, I'm not letting Palafox on here until he, <laughs> his interview breaks 10 K. Yeah. So good to have you on. Um, yeah. But, Mark, I don't know if you have any, any questions uh, in particular. Yeah, I guess a couple of quick ones. Uh, has it felt any different? Like uh, like your Twitter is just getting blown up more? Or uh, has, has like anything changed in the immediacy? Like even going back to your first win over Golden Guardians and making worlds and stuff like that. Or have you just been like so focused on practice and stuff you haven't really like poked your head up and noticed anything? Um, I'm just more annoyed because like... Uh... <laughs> <clears throat> you know how when you used to have like a blue check mark on Twitter, it wouldn't really notify you as much? Mm-hmm. I'm just, I don't know how to turn it off. All so, the, the notifications? So your phone's just buzzing constantly? Uh, too popular. Oh. Yeah, but it's like not the type of popular I like, you know? I don't want to know when somebody likes likes anything. <laughs> Suffering from success? I just have no notifications on. Just join the no notifications gang. Yeah, I'm thinking about it. Dokla is uh, raiding with a party of 1,094. I don't know what is more shocking, the fact that I got raided by a pro player, which I don't know <laughs> if that's ever happened, or the fact that Dokla had 1,000-plus people watching him 
That is huge. I'm really happy for Dokla that uh, he was getting so many because so many people on on Reddit and stuff these days say like pro players don't stream, pro players don't stream, and I know that Dokla has streamed a lot, and so I'm really happy that he had so many uh, viewers. But thank you to Dokla for the huge raid, and welcome everybody to the uh, the show. We were just talking about how Palafox is annoyed by all the attention he's been getting lately. Well, and about how success makes people's uh, stuff more popular. So it's no surprise to see him with all the new viewers. Good for them, man. I sh- So I will admit that I am a bit of an NRG hater. I guess we can get this out of the way. I uh, consistently, I think I, I, I predicted against you guys every series you play <laughs> in playoffs, except maybe the first one. I can't remember about you versus TL the first time. Um, but I think I almost always predicted against you guys. And then I, I had like a thing on the dive where I was saying that like you guys hadn't had like big playoff success yet um because like you had the close series versus c9 uh like last year or, or whatever uh, but i was like that's not like success that's like that was cool but then like they didn't like the only people you guys had beaten was golden guardians who was the eighth seed back then so like yeah. uh but as soon as you guys won i've been like pushing your shit so hard like the uh energy top plays thing i did like the career timelines for all of you guys and stuff like that so uh i'm very happy you guys have won because now your content actually pops off when when I suggest it and stuff. Yeah, poggers, poggers. Well, yeah. Wait, I'll, when I'll, you, oh, go ahead. I was gonna say when you say you predicted against us, it means like you did the the reverse prediction. I look like your biggest fan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you look at my playoff predictions, I think they're all NRG. But then, like, if you know, it's like I'm actually yeah, a hater. Yeah. So. <laughs> I was going to ask, because I also was called an energy hater on the show because I was consistently not believing, but here's the question for both of you because I was thinking about this. All right, so I think, by and large, analysts, players, uh, the community did not expect you guys to do this. Um, So what is it, or why do you think it is that everybody got it so wrong? And I'll toss it over to Croissant first, if you want. Uh, we got three out by C9, and C9 had won the last two championships pretty handily. Um, and I think maybe even people that did want us to win knew that voting against us would improve our chances of winning. Like, <laughs> uh, the KT fans did not do their job in Korea, though. So that's, that's all I have for why people got it so wrong. I, it's hard to truly assess like and we also did like um we did pretty drastically shift our prios uh towards the very end and so the day i mean after people saw us play against teal and bring out new stuff i think they should have expected oh maybe they have new stuff for the day after right so uh but yeah yeah what do you think palafox um i think that a lot of people like, let's say when we got 3-0'd by C9, they kind of just looked at, like, they got 3-0'd. They didn't actually, like, uh, watch a lot of the games. Um, because, honestly, like, in every single C9 game, except for maybe one, I don't quite remember, like, the first one. Uh, but in the first 3-0, we were in positions to, like, potentially just, like, win the game, right? Uh, except, like, one or two few, like, team fighting mistakes, like, just made it so we lost, right? I think when games are like super close like that, uh, even though it's like a three zero, it doesn't mean like 
It doesn't mean either team is like clearly better than the other. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. I also have something to add, actually, um, which was that we uh, right after the. Okay, that was. Telefox flashing some weird. That really threw me off. Uh, on the screen. Continue. Um, even after, right after the series, we, uh, right after the zero three series, um, we felt like C nine had showed a lot, or almost like their their main cards against us, and uh, I told the players, you know, we're not gonna have many scrim. Like we, we we had like maybe seven to twelve scrims, like individual games, uh, in between the, that C nine game and then the final weekend. But it was just any every pick is worth its weight in gold, um, and like it'll be the difference between whether we can beat C nine or not, because that we knew that they were gonna like we were gonna get there, um, and the players put in a lot of work to expand their pools, and so. It was funny because I didn't talk to the, I didn't get a chance to talk to the C9 coaches, but Thomas Thinkard did, and he said that uh, we got. I won't say what pick, but they actually really wanted a certain pick in the last game on four or five, um, and they weren't able to play it uh, because of what we took on four, and we got we had good preparation, but we also got a little bit lucky on things like those because. Uh, we were trying to block something else, and it happened to also block that thing. Um, and so, why are you like, being so cryptic? Because it's a pick that you know they could want to bring it at Worlds, and we wouldn't. I don't want to screw them over. So yeah, watch out okay. for all the uh, Korean scouts watching Hotline. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, well, here, Mark, really quickly, since since uh, we have a whole new wave of people here, while we continue to talk through this, maybe people can start putting their takes <laughs> in. Plubs, sure, I'll, I'll do the sub. spiel and then ask a question. Yeah. Uh, so if you guys have never seen this before, it's actually a live call-in show. We are on Discord, so if you want to join the conversation, go ahead and join up at the Discord I just flooded Twitch chat with. Um, once you're here, you're going to have to join one of the voice channels, Pleb Calls or Pleb Calls 2. Then mute your microphone once you're in there so no one can hear you breathing. Then in the text channels up above, Pleb Topics, go ahead and at me and ask a question or give your take or whatever it is. I'll be scrolling through there. If I like it, I'll pull you into the waiting room. We'll hang out until it's your turn to come on air. We'll do a quick mic check. And then you'll be joining uh, the NRG guys to talk and discuss or whatever you're going to do. Um, so, yeah, that's that. The question I was going to ask you, uh, Powell Fox, was like, it's been a bit of a long time coming for you, given that you've been improving steadily, it feels like, consistently. Someone had a really interesting thing, actually, where they posted in that interview about how every split you finished in some way higher than the split before. Um, or maybe it was every year, I can't remember, but it showed your academy rankings and then your LCS ones. Yeah. Um, what do you think has allowed you to keep improving? And was it like individual improvements that finally got you it, your first title? Or was it like the whole team coming together in these draft things? Uh, like, what do you think you can attribute the success to? Um, I think, at least for this run, I think it was... Um, Kind of like a lot of small improvements that went on top of, uh, like, like let's say this split, I think that um, Contracts put in a lot more effort in solo queue to get better at a lot of champions. He was um, 
not comfortable on. Uh, something that I don't think he would have done last year or last split even. Um, and on top of that, I mean, obviously we got like a new bot lane in, right? Uh, I think that a lot of things just kind of like came together for, for this particular run. Um, but like going back to like me or me finishing like uh, me finishing higher every single split. Because yeah, I, I like that so more... far, the question is, was like, why have you finished higher? And you're like, because my fucking teammates got better. Contracts actually learned to play these other champions. We got a different bot lane. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to lie. A lot of it is just like, obviously, I'm improving individually all the time, right? Uh, I think a lot of it is just like, I don't know. For a lot of the, the earlier ones, like, my teammates just kind of fucking sucked. Um, <laughs> but, I hope no one from FlyQuest is listening. Well, I mean... Or maybe they should be listening they, to it better. Well, how many people on that team are still in the LCS? One? So, yeah. I, I um, have to check to even know. It's, it's, well, it's only Licorice. So it's me and Licorice are the only two people left from that roster in the LCS. Yeah, I was going to um, check for Academy. See who's still bouncing around. Or a Tier 2 now, whatever we call it. Yeah. Um, so there's that. And... I don't know. It's kind of just like, yeah, like I said, everything coming together. Also, I know this is going to sound weird, but like, um, obviously, I got into a relationship this split, but that kind of helped me, like, uh, help me with communicating with my teammates a bit. Um, and Learned like, the value of communication through his relationship. <laughs> yeah. And uh, just like patience. A little bit too. So, <laughs> that's not what I would say is a learning. Maybe moment. not. <laughs> maybe not patience. It's like it's like taking a step back and thinking about what I'm gonna say. Is she in the chat? Because that would. Yes, just be I so... think so. Patience isn't the right word. It's like <laughs> it's like re. It's like okay. He's just talking that, about communication. Was... Then he learn, says patience. Learn how to be more thoughtful about your choice of language. Yes, yes, and I I didn't prove that I just did that, but you know what I mean. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> Link twice if you need help. The, yeah. the Dokla tweet was the funniest shit with the whole top lanes and island thing yeah, too. That was so uh, good. The girlfriend buffs came up big, I guess, for for NRG. Yeah, that's funny because I mean the stereotype is obviously people get in a relationship and they their performance decreases. So props on you for fighting against those stereotypes, Pal Fox. Uh, okay, so maybe it's time to start grabbing calls uh so we have i see one person in the waiting room well actually i guess before then i should note we have 10 subs so if you missed at the beginning of the show mark palafox has covid mark might have covid because he's feeling sick so mark is going to take a covid test live on the show because we hit the sub requirement we're going to do a uh what is it slash bet or what's the what's the command in, in chat mark you used to do this all um time. it's a prediction 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 Okay, so we're going to do a prediction right now. Uh, start prediction. Okay, the prediction is, does Mark have COVID? Should yes. I give the context before no. or after the, the prediction starts? Oh, give, give context right now. Uh, I've never had COVID before. And I have been in a room with Jet, who got COVID, literally had a positive test literally the next day. And we were doing a podcast, like, you know, five feet from each other. And I didn't get it. And I've been next to people who got COVID. So... Uh, I'm pretty sure I'm immune, so uh, I would I would side on no if you want your channel points saved. But, but God, one of the chosen ones, Palafox has it, 
and Mark was just in a giant arena, and he started feeling sick right afterwards. So prediction up. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna see. I'll I'll pull a caller, to, and then I'll do the test during the call, so I'm not like Perfect. pausing the podcast for it. Okay, off he goes. Thank you to speaking of subs. Thank you to man. How far back was this? Uh, Dank Horse, the Catman, Shiny Froki, uh, Hust Burst, Hust Bust. I am zero one two five with Como and Kevin is a monster for two years. We're gonna get more of those subs right in a second. But first off, we have Tuft here. Tuft, who I know was a former CLG super fan. Are you an energy super fan? I, I wouldn't say I'm a huge fan of the org. I'm sort of lukewarm on the org, but I love my boys and I got to support the team. Uh, I was out there this weekend at finals uh, screaming my throat out uh, for, for a dub. Nice. So, and where, yeah. where are you calling from? I'm calling from Seattle, Washington. Seattle, Washington. Uh, what do you want to uh, talk about on the show? So some, some of you may remember uh, eight months ago, I called in on episode 253 of Hotline League, where I predicted that CounterLogic Gaming would be top four by the end of the year, that contracts would perform better than Santorin, Spica, and Closer, that CLG would make at least one final before the end of the year, and that they would go to Worlds. And you I were was fucking mocked, wrong. I was ridiculed, and I was shamed by the hosts of this, this institution... And I come to you now, having been absolved by the results of the LCS no. Grand Finals and by NRG's ascension as North America's best team going into Worlds. You this said is a call CLG. Tough. Well, you know what? From the top to the bottom, every single part of the League <laughs> of Legends vertical is the same, except for the bot lane swap, which was a decision that except was made. Except 40% of the team. Except, well, okay. okay hey, we have off, eight coaches. Eight <laughs> coaches, right? Eight coaches, so... Already, that's like not a very big portion of the whole ecosystem, but also it was a decision made by people who had worked at CLG in the past. So it probably would have happened CL if, if it was CLG anyways, assuming, you know, the money stuff works out. I, I have no idea if it would have happened. If, well, here, maybe Croissant can answer. Croissant, do you think the bot lane change would have happened if uh, you were still at CLG? If you feel um, comfortable answering? I think that there is maybe like a 70% chance of that same those same changes happening. It's like just, you know, I like throwing in random percents, but it is my intuition. Uh, and it's like, it gets pretty accurate over time. It, main reason being that in between um, 2022 and 2023, uh, I, I really wanted to keep all five players. Um, but we knew that, because we only had one split with those five players, right? And so... We wanted to give them at least one more split, if not two. But we knew that, like, it's a stress test, right? It's like um, every player has their strengths and weaknesses on that roster. I, I still believe that every player that was on that roster, just, I mean, I believe that Luger and Poom can win. Trisha, uh, you're so stupid. I uh, <laughs> believe that Luger and Poom can be part of an LCS championship team. Um, and uh but based off of like how much improvements or lack thereof and like working on certain habits that like we weren't able to make as much progress as we wanted to in spring part of that could be because of just the team dynamics like not things that are necessarily in those players control or our failings as a coaching staff like we knew that we had to 
make changes. Um, so. All right. So, so what I'm hearing is that I was fucking right. You, he's, he can't confirm with 100% certainty that it would have happened regardless. Well, 70% rounding up is 100%. So, Mark, what do you, what do you think? <laughs> uh, sorry, I'm arguing a Twitch chat about whether I stuck that far enough up my nose or not. Um, no, I think, I think it would have happened regardless. Uh, is that what you're asking me? Because No, my question is, what do you think of... T- do we owe Tuft an apology... Oh, was do, he, do we not? He correct. Uh, is there a way we can weasel out of this? What's, yeah, what's we, we can weasel out because he out of predicted. Unless you want to be the biggest coward on the fucking planet. He predicted planet. We're just CLG. Weaseling out because they're called NRG and not yes. CLG. Yes. That's quite the weasel move. I might that be is, down to take it. One, that's a real weasel move. Two, even if you do buy like all this, you know, lawyer your way out of, you know, having like your Mia Culpa moment where you acknowledge that you were totally wrong, right? Part of my take was also they would be top four. They were fourth place in spring regular season. So, you know, that's still CLG. And, and I also said contracts was going to be better than Closer. He was going to be better than Spica. He was going to be better than Santorin. And where are all those fucking frauds? They're not going to Worlds. They didn't win a fucking championship. What's up with that? I think more than anything, the fact that you made a couple, like it was a parlay bet, right? And all And I hit on of- every single fucking one. Yeah, I'd say uh, I'd say you deserve the credit, Travis. Say, All right, I'll give you sorry, the credit, Travis. and I'll I'll give you the credit, and I'll advance it. Predict how North American teams do at Worlds. Well, well first you have to say you're sorry. First, we have to grovel a little bit. I don't. Yeah, I don't. Bit. I don't grovel. You were correct, Tuft. <laughs> I was wrong. What happens next? Since you have this prescient ability to predict the future, prove it again. Well, tell us what uh, happens at Worlds. It wasn't an official part of the take when I when I called in eight months ago and uh, totally fucking predicted everything that was going to happen this season except for the sale. But I did say that my rough guesstimation for uh, CLG was a semifinals run at Worlds. I don't really care enough about any of their teams to like really make a call one way or the other. But CLG, I think, firmly in the running for a, for a solid semifinals finish. Okay, so you think they make semifinals and they don't go further? I mean, you're not even a believer. Wow, I'm setting wow. a floor. They're only yeah. going to win one best of <laughs> five. Fox wow. and Kersan, I'm so sorry that your hardcore stands don't even believe in you making it further than semifinals. I just think that the story is better if they come back next year and go further, right? And I love a good story. Dokla says, "Not if I can help it." So if, <laughs> he, if he can help it, you guys Wait, are. Does that mean Dokla's gonna int? I think that's what he's saying. It's oh, it's Jover. Okay, uh, he says we will zero six in the chat. That's not possible. But yeah, I think the format world changed. works anymore. By the <laughs> way, won't let that stop him. <laughs> yeah, you need to we'll... teach him. But Dokla believes so little in the team's ability to make it to worlds. He didn't even pay attention to how it works anymore. Dokla I will say of Chokla, Palafaker is going to turn into Palashaker. It's going to be a mess. They can go 0-4 yeah. is, is the worst you can do now. And to be fair to Dokla, I don't think we've had a pro player on who knew what the new format is. No one knew it was Swiss. So he's in good company, I guess, with all his other pro players. Yeah, I knew it was Swiss. But what that means, I don't know. Like, It means it takes place in Switzerland. Okay. Yeah. All right. Very good. Thank you, Tuft. Anything you want to add to this before I give you your shout-out? Um, uh, no, we can go straight to the shout-outs because I have a long list. Okay. Well, don't make it too long. Otherwise, I move you out. Okay. Well, uh, shout-out to everyone who made the championship run possible, obviously. Uh, all 
seven coaches and two managers and uh, their sports psychologist and like all the people who were a part of the org before uh, they got uh, Bud Light Ace 2.0'd. Like uh, Greg and Danielle and like Chris and Matt and like Steph and all them. Uh, Also, all the people who were on the team before that weren't on the championship roster, like Poom, Jenkins, and Luger, pretty cool dudes. They're my boys. Um, Shout out to the players, obviously. and also, shout out to uh, my boy Arsh uh, for the forthcoming document that he will be producing on why CounterLogic Gaming is the greatest professional League of Legends organization that has ever graced the earth. Um, that was part of a bet that we had because he didn't think that we were going to make it to Worlds, even though it was literally so fucking obvious from day one. Um, and uh, yeah, that's all. Cool. Thanks for the call. So, to be fair, I also predicted NRG to be top four in the regular season. So in a sense, I also predicted them to be uh, going to Worlds. So there you go. True. Wait, actually? Yeah. Of of the analysts, like the public, anal- you know, the casters and stuff, I think me and a couple others were the only ones to have you top four. <laughs> when you guys I, do those predictions, is it for regular it's season? It's for regular season. Okay. But yeah. I mean, I mean I would it's, it's more like postseason top four would be hard to predict, but... Yeah, but I think uh, it was it was pretty possible with I don't know Team Liquid being shaky, eg depending on how much you believed in. How, how much longer do we have on the carry. COVID test, Mark? Did you set a timer? Uh, no, it's negative. I but I Twitch chat's gonna fucking mauled because I didn't shove it up into my brain. So, so but like, you but it's it's not negative yet. Deeper. I think it takes fifteen minutes. It hasn't been fifteen. Yeah, but it's it's not gonna be negative because I don't have COVID because I can't get COVID because I'm. Oh, no, you're supposed to leave it flat. <laughs> you're doing it wrong. Oh no, I'm doing it so wrong. Oh no. It's, I didn't. Is, I didn't stick it in my brain, and I didn't set a timer. I have more. I'll prove Twitch yet wrong if they're really like. It's up to you, Travis, because it's your channel points you're, you're dealing out here. But I swear to God, I, I don't have COVID. I mean, what? It's yeah. It's been it's been short a, a few minutes. It's not been. You don't have to do it now if you don't want to. But I'm telling you, it's not going to go negative. Well, I can't. We had the test is what decides go if negative. it's going negative or not. All right, it's not going to go positive. Excuse me. It's it's going to stay a no one negative. line. I'm not going to get the second line. I never get the second line. And they say it's because you don't know how to test. And I say it's because I don't get fucking COVID. If I got COVID, I would give it to Ashley. She has such a bad immune system. She would absolutely get it. And she hasn't gotten COVID either. Yeah, but you you just showed up yesterday. Right. Maybe this time. But everyone's like, you, you, it's always negative because <laughs> you don't know how to swab ever. And I'm like, no, it's always negative because I don't fucking get COVID because I'm immune. All right. Let's go on to the next caller. Anyways. Thank you, too. The legendary Gruel, Trista Maurer, Sean Antonin, who gifted a sub to Palafox. I'm sure he will make good use of that. Lady Empire, Robert Bruce, 504 Caesar gifted five subs. Uh, Sean Antonin gifted to ThinkCard, JP Langley, Kanoke, Yadid, Fishy, and our next caller is here. Caller, what's your name and where are you calling from? I'm Laserfruit, and I'm calling from Southern Ontario, Canada. Laserfruit, what do you want to talk about on the show? All right, my take is that Palafox is the best mid in NA right now, and that Energy are NA's best shot at upsetting some games at Worlds. True. Why do you think both of those things are true? Um, well, because he just won LCS. That's why. And <laughs> so the first seed is always the best bet. Absolutely. Okay. No, um, I think you know throughout postseason he's shown a lot of growth and has kind of shot on everybody that he's played. And um. I think energy as a team has really high highs, which I think is kind of what you need to take some games off LPL and LCK. So when I go to 
this All Pro article uh, for 2023 LCS Summer Split Awards, and I look at the mid laners. I don't even see Palafox on it, Caller. They're so, all frauds. How, okay, Jojo Pyun is a fraud, the MVP. I think I think Jojo Pyun's a close second. Okay, and close second behind Palafox. I think Gory is third. Okay. And so, MNS and APA are just not even on your radar. Uh, I would put Insanity fourth, and then MNS, and then probably APA. All right. Well, before we get to Palafox, Croissant... Is Palafox the best mid laner in the LCS? Well, Christian gave you the logic that, you know, just because a team, not every player on the first place team is the first place in their role. Um, I think Christian had the best overall performance in the playoffs of Summer Split. Right. So, yeah. He's the best. Damn, all you, all you had to do was say yes, and you couldn't yeah, do it. I can't believe that. Can't give him the satisfaction. <laughs> Can't ego blast him. All right. So next up, Palafox, are you the best mid laner in the LCS? Um, I mean, at the moment, uh, I think so. I think uh, usually just having like a, I don't know. I don't know how you feel about this, Chris, but like obviously my champ pool is bigger than like pretty much every player right now in mid. Um, except for like a few... Obviously, I can't play a few champs that other people can play, um, necessarily to like their level. But it doesn't mean that like I won't pick them when they're extremely good. You know, um, I think, in the in the sense that like let's say JoJo is better individually individually than me on like some champions. I do agree with like, I think I had the interview with you, Travis, where I was like, if you just ban out his Ari, like, EG will just lose every single game. Yeah, that was you know? me. Um, I think that kind of just like held true pretty much uh i think that let's say in jojo's case at least like um you can kind of see like every time he was off of like Arya or tristana as an example um he kind of struggled a little bit and i think that's not necessarily due to like i think if he was on a better team he would have had more time to expand his champs instead of like trying to focus on team issues um but obviously that's like not the case right uh and then in playoffs you know did pretty good, or I did pretty good. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Chris, I know you were, or Chrisan, I know you were stepping away for a second. The the take was that NRG has the best bet of upsetting the better teams at Worlds or the other region teams, and that Palafox is the best mid laner in the LCS right now. So, well, I'll I'll throw it back to you with the question of does NRG have the best bet of the North American teams of upsetting? the other regions at Worlds. Yeah, I mean, I think that we are going to work extremely hard. Uh, I I am going to try to work harder than any other one of my, you know, relative peers. Um, and our players, I feel like, are also on the same boat there. You see um, that Doklin chat just said, not me, time to slack. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he might take the shy approach or something. Like, he always picks one player that he wants to be like, you know? And so he might just uh, run it down on Quinn or something stupid. Gotcha. Or, like, you know, I won't let him pick those champs, don't worry. <laughs> it's a team, it's a group effort on controlling the our little soldier in the top lane. <laughs> um, but, you know... I, 
I, so I'm confident that we have the best shot, but like things can always go wrong. Like if we have like, let's say there's some sort of, you know, if you could truly measure it, like let's say we have a 30% chance of making it out of groups um, or upsetting the best, some of the best teams. We, we have a 30% chance of beating one of the Asian teams once. Uh, I think that could be like 25 for like TL, 25 for GG, you know, whatever for C9. Um, but you, that's just how probability works. Like, I think we have the best shots. Uh, I can see any of the North American teams upsetting them. I think we are setting, sending um, four extremely motivated teams that have different styles that uh, are going to be, um, hopefully the Asian teams underestimate us and they just don't prepare adequately for, uh, I, you know, I want us to win first and foremost, but I will be rooting for the North American teams every step of the way. Yeah. So. I like that point about the the differences because I do feel like um, all four are pretty different. Um, I think which one's best might depend like specifically on matchups. I'm not quite sure uh, because like I I think uh, like C9 maybe the most mechanically focused team, but they didn't do anything that crazy in drafting. Even their last draft, I was like, what the hell is this? <laughs> Felt like a little troll. Uh, I feel like. NRG has the most interesting drafts as well as like a really aggressive play style. Like even even on champions like Azir, like Palafox is probably the most aggressive Azir of of the teams going. Like the amount of times even in playoffs you're just like flashing on Gory to ult him under turret and stuff like that is something that is a breath of fresh air after watching a lot of Azirs just not do that. So um, yeah, I think like each team has its, its strengths. I would be curious. How do you guys feel about Golden Guardians? Like, do you think that they like overperformed the regular season or choked in playoffs? Because I, I was surprised to see them. I mean, not just obviously you guys beat them, but then to, to lose to TL the same. I was I was kind of surprised. Can I chime in quickly? Sure. I think they're the second best team in NA right now, and I think they just have a really bad series against TL. Palafox, uh, you look like you're in pain. No, he, he doesn't no. like it. <laughs> I would not uh, say the best, but. No. Uh, for GG, it just kind of felt like they regressed. Like, um, Gory was, like, playing a lot of Azir. Like, I, I actually expected them to play Azir in our series, but, like, he just never wanted to play it. He didn't want to play counters into it, it seemed. And, like, even when they did play counters into it, I don't think that necessarily it made sense with their comp. Um... So I kind of feel like their coaching staff didn't really do a good job at like one making a good draft and then the players didn't do a good job at like connecting that as well on top of, I, I kind of felt like, I don't know, when we were playing against GG, I kind of didn't really feel uh, that pressured, if that makes sense. I don't know how to describe it other than that. Yeah, I think, I think it makes sense. Uh. I might be misremembering, but, you know, when C9 in 2020, um, us and C9 were both in the upper bracket waiting for, uh, like, we had one series and we go to Worlds. And so we played against Golden Guardians and we 3-0'd them. And so we qualified for Worlds. And C9 played against FlyQuest, I think, and they lost that first series. And then later they lost to uh, TSM or something in the lower bracket and they didn't end up making it to Worlds. I felt like... I got similar vibes where, you know, dominant in regular season, but 
when you come in as the favorites, especially for that one Winter Worlds, and you lose your first match, I think that will always impact team morale a lot. And they played extremely unstably. Um, not just against... like We had momentum coming in from our series against TL, and we also shifted a lot of... like you know, If you watch our TL series and then you watch our series against GG, they tried to plan around what we played against in the TL series, but... Um, you know, we still made adjustments. So I think, you know, they were surprised. And then they uh, they played a lot worse than I expected, which means that I do think that they will play better at Worlds. I have also heard through the grapevine that, like, um, I don't know if it's 100% true, but I don't think there's any harm in saying it, just that there was, like, homesickness or, like, you know, it was a long year for them too, right? Like, usually we sent one team to World, uh, MSI they we sent two this time and you know they grinded pretty hard at msi pretty sure and it showed in there like they came they hit the ground running in uh summer split and they only lost to us and c9 like they lost to us twice they lost to c9 i guess twice and won once or something um but yeah uh so if they get the refresh that they need from being able to go to korea um be in a more like comfortable, familiar environment, I can definitely see them outperforming uh, TL or C9. But yeah, I mean, everyone's going to be hungry, especially them. You know? Yeah, I mean, we'd heard rumors or there had been some conversation about Golden Guardians starting to feel burned out going into playoffs. So um, it's not, I don't think what you said is, is too unusual or too crazy. Uh, just to kind of bring it back to the the other part of this conversation that callers take, which was the the take about you being the best mid in North America. I mean, Palafox, do you feel like you've been looked over? Because obviously there's all this conversation about NA mids. You there a lot of these top teams have consistently tried to import players from other regions uh, in that mid lane position. I mean, obviously we talked about it a little bit in the interview where you, you mentioned that it was nice to beat C9 because of, of perhaps getting promoted and instead perks coming in. So yeah, I mean, I guess just generally, how have you felt about yourself as a mid laner over the years in comparison to a lot of these other mid laners who've come in? Um, Let's say when in, in, for the first year and a half of me playing pro, like I pretty much didn't get coached. And like the way I would try to get better was like, um, I mean, when I was on Optic with you, Croissant, like I just watched the main team scrims. Like that, that was how I, how I improved as a player is like I would try to do stuff myself, right? Um, yeah. And we spoke like four times. Yeah. Which isn't that much if you think about it, you know? Other than that, it was like, my first split ever. <laughs> yeah. Um, other than that, though, it's like when I went to GG, that split was like a dumpster fire is also an understatement. Like, I, I literally was just like, I considered quitting like so many times. And I'm like, what even is this? Like, I'm just like, it kind of felt like a lot of the time I was just like arguing with children. Um, and uh, not to say I am one myself, but like, that's where a coach comes in to like help that out, which wasn't really, didn't really happen. Um, and then like when I went to GG, the second split and arrow stepped down and actually like finally helped me get some coaching, you know? Uh, and I think I improved a lot there. I think a lot of the time it's just like the infrastructure 
to improve players wasn't actually there. Um, and like even on my stint on FlyQuest, like people are like, oh, Halifox is like bad from FlyQuest. Like he did so bad on that team. But like that team was unbelievably dysfunctional. Like I, I, I can't, it was actually Was that the, the one where they had the coach that was really bad that was where they brought the academy team in and then yeah. everyone was doing really yeah. good and then yeah, their, yeah, yeah. that coach sucked and so then that team stopped to be good again? Yeah. Yeah. It was it was just I mean I I pretty much part of the reason why I didn't stay up with the academy team because they gave the option for me and Jose to stay up was like I just told that coach that I I never wanted to work with him again. Like I'd rather just be in academy and just sit there than play with him because it was just so bad. I mean, so. I I think not to tangent too much here, but and and obviously people know that I have my own opinions and I've been talking about this stuff a lot lately, but this year, I have really considered just how much the environments make or break players and how little the audience, I think, considers that. Because you see it time and time again where like players look really good on one team, then they get traded, suddenly they're terrible, and suddenly they get on a good team again, and suddenly they're amazing and they're resurging, and... I wonder how often, like, we talk so much about any talent being bad or any mid laners being bad and all that stuff, and it it feels like there's a situation where the top teams were always refusing to use any talent like yourself, and so then they ended up in environments or on the bottom teams where things were not going to go well for them, which perpetuated the suggestion that these players are not good and that you can't rely on North American talent. So then the team owners at the top continue to think NA talent isn't good because they're not willing to put them in. And then they continue to import. And so then there continues to be no spots. And so you end up with this kind of like vicious circle on it. Um, I mean, Chris, yeah. you've been in a lot of these environments and, and Palafox, you've been a, a player in a lot of these. So tell me if you guys think I'm off the mark or if I'm missing the point or anything like that. Well, the, the time that, Christian's talking about that he spent on Optic. They literally didn't have a coach in that academy team. Like, I came in, I came in like uh, maybe a week before LCS summer splits. And then two days after I arrived, like, our management and coaching staff was like seeing what, you know, the degree of effort I was putting in, what I was like, you know, trying to learn or contribute. And they fired the academy coach like two days after I arrived. And then Gates coached the entire academy team while playing that split. And uh, it's like, you know, even if Gate was the best player in academy, which she was not at the time, like, that's unsustainable. Um, so, you know, I, I don't think there's... One of the first things that uh, an exec asked me, like, pretty early on in my career was just like, how do you know that you're actually making a difference? How do you know that you're not making your players actively worse? Like, and as a coach, as anybody, like imagine getting asked that about like your job, right? And it's like, but I am the type of person that will like consider any possible option. And it's like, yeah, I could be, you know, a fraud. I could just not be doing anything. I could be, um, 
I could be doing more harm than good. And so there is the reality that every organization and every management needs to consider um, about their staff or themselves that they could be like damaging the future, the futures of North American talent. And I think people are pessimistic, pessimistic about it. But I look at that with optimism in that I feel like every year, like I've told this to people, I don't know how it doesn't seem to stick in people's minds, but every year I feel like even if we're making slow progress, good coaches are coming into the space, bad coaches are leaving. And that is something that's important. That's something that needs to happen on every level, whether it's academy, whether it's LCS, amateur, um, or management. And uh, the futures of our North American players are like, when I hear stories about how people's futures got fucked, I, I get so angry. And I, I will, you know, I... There are so many players that have potential and we have to um, just give them opportunities uh, where we can. And I don't feel like I've done enough on that note either. It's like I get a lot of DMs about like, you know, how can I be uh, making it to the next step and stuff, right? And just like I respond to maybe like 30, 40% of them. And um, I will, you know, try to make time. I think everybody should try to make time to given the things that you said you've been reflecting on Travis, right? Like, uh, there, I'm going to assume the best of, and try to see the best in every single player. And just like, you know, I don't know what Kenvy's situation is. Like, I think, I don't think, I think I saw actually a good metric that someone was using. It was like every like promising talent that proves that they have good work ethic. They've achieved results on like Korean ladders or wherever. <clears throat> Every one of those rookies should have at least uh, two opportunities. I feel like on in the LCS, like that, that. That's how I feel. I mean, you can apply that metric in some different way to like you know first proving themselves in the league directly below it on teams like Toast's team and uh, you know the relevant challengers teams. But um, yeah, I want to see like a concerted effort from the community on being generous to new talent and uh you know accountability from coaching staffs and from the support infrastructure for these players when they fail these players well how much do you think is also on other na players or teams you know because like uh it's been reported that you know not all this is just some gm being like yeah fuck na talent that palafox guy doesn't have it but like uh other players on these teams being like yeah i don't want to play with ex-native mid laner um yep. and i think yep. y- even teams this split could have benefited from that i think you know i look at what 100 thieves did and i'm like you know really was that quid the best option you possibly could have come up with this this split or did you just like discount everyone from na instantly you know or like even not the gm but like a double lift or a closer or something like, i don't know who, who has this opinion but you know it's definitely true that players themselves don't believe sometimes yeah, I mean, I think that uh, Christian might have something separate to add to this, but I think players n- players have control over rosters uh, in a lot of cases, and they make mistakes. Um, but I think that most players have, like, we're not in a, I don't think we're in a very clicky environment where, like, 
players only want to play with their friends, I think players play with who they think is genuinely good. And that is a data point that every GM should consider. If that's the only thing that they're working off of, then they've made, that's a bad GM move. Like you need to push back and say, okay, here are our options. Here's why you should reconsider. And if they give you a hard ultimatum, then that's like a, that's an assessment that you have to make. That's a value judgment. That's like, okay, how much do I value this player's input or I just want, I just want to secure them no matter what. Um, but we're seeing a shift because players recognize, and hopefully, especially now, like anyone, if they said they didn't want to play with Dokla, if they didn't want to say, if they said they didn't want to play with Christian or Juan, right? Like you probably should have wanted to play with them. Right. Um, but like veterans, like double F, like he's not turning his nose at any talents. He wanted to play with Busio, Right. And I think the ones that stay in the space, the ones that um, continue to show, like, ref- reflect on their individual, like, you know, how much, because veterans have to stay growing to keep up with the NA talent that's coming up. Um, they should want to play with NA talents because uh, we've seen rosters with a balance of leaders, like on EG and Danny and JoJo. Or in our case, like, I think Vic really stepped up as a leader on our, our, on our team and played with our guys, right? Um, so there's no better way to sell yourself than be like, I am the type of player that will not demand you import. I can play with a roster that makes sense and has promising potential. But, you know, I'm with all this being said, like it is players like impact and core and imports like that, that have allowed us access to some of the best North American talent, right? If not for those players, like being like, Hey, I, Yawn is just as good as any, like, you know, uh, LCK challengers, whatever AD carry that you can import. I want to play with this guy and I'm going to develop him. I'm going to work together with you as an organization and we're going to play with him. And he's rookie of the year. He, you know, I think you can argue like he was one of the better players on that roster. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think there's for everybody that said that they didn't want to play with a certain North American player. We have at least some like Impact, Core, Double Lift, et cetera, that have taken the leap. Um, and just, I think I still know where I, I place a majority of the blame for our inability to uh, develop North American talent. Powell Fox, anything you want to add? Um, no, I think you pretty much got it all, Chris. I, yeah, I guess the, the uh, we're sitting on this topic for a long time, but only because I think it's deeply fascinating and maybe very important for the future of our, our region. I just wonder how often players are, they fall to the, uh, the same biases that Reddit or others do where a player goes to immortals and fucking sucks because they're on immortals. And that team seems to be organization seems to be incapable of creating something that's greater than the sum of its parts. And those players then look and say, okay, that player sucks. I don't want to play with them. And then, you know, I know that that things did not go for EG's way in the last couple of games of playoffs, but I still think they outperformed everybody's expectations with a roster that was basically created out of nothing between spring and summer. And I wonder how many players were like, oh, I don't want to play with Revenge, even though had he been in a good environment for the past couple of years, like he could have been a really solid North American top laner. Um, so 
I don't know. I don't know if you have any thoughts on on players' biases, Palafox, or anything like that, or if or if players are better at judging this stuff than perhaps I give them credit. <laughs> uh, I mean, in terms of that, I don't really think players have the best idea of like. Bruh, I don't even think players know what the best picks for themselves are in, in the own draft that they're playing. You know, so like, how are they going to judge a player if they don't even know that? Um, I think that very rarely a player can see like outside of their own role. And, like, the players that can usually have, like, a lot of success, like, anywhere they go. And those are the players that do take those leaps of faith, you know? Um, I think, like, let's say EG is an example. I think that, uh, obviously, they had some, like, weak links. But uh, all their players, in one way or another, like, kind of... The champions they played, or the champions they were willing to play, whether or not, like... um, was it Kelsey? Who's the who's the EG Kelsey, coach? Kelsey, yeah. Yeah. Whether or not it was her who saw this, um, I actually think their champ pools and the way that the players individually played like fit pretty well together. Um for what their budget was, I would assume. Um So I thought that that roster was actually like pretty well constructed constructed in terms of like the individuals. But um yeah, I don't really think that like a lot of players actually like consider personalities or just champ pools and stuff like that in, in terms of like yeah. who they want on their team. So, All right. Well, we've obviously gone way off topic, uh, but I think a really good, important conversation to have. Uh, Laser, are you still here? Yes, I am. Is there anything you want to really quickly say before I give you your shout-out? Uh, no, I can just do the shout-outs. Yeah, go for it. Shout out everyone at NRG for winning LCS. Um, shout out Alienware. Is Grubhub still a sponsor? Just Alienware these days. Just Alien. Okay. Shout out Alienware. And yeah, have a good night. Yeah. Thank you so much. We'll catch you next time. Thank you. Thank you. Before the break, oh. Travis. Yes. We have something very important we need to get on here. Okay. Yes. Is it time? It's the results. Oh, are you muted? Hello. Oh, oh, we're pulling somebody. I thought you were oh. saying the results. Okay, well, welcome <laughs> to the show. Negative. I told you the results are negative. They're Dokla. going to be negative because I literally cannot get sick. Dokla. Well, you sound a little sick right now. Dokla, welcome to the show. Where are you calling from? Hey, I'm, I'm calling from Los Angeles, uh, California here. All right. And, and... Uh, I, I just have a question for Palafox here. Yeah. Um, at, at like 24 minutes in the game four, um, yeah. what, was, what was going through his head? What was going through your head? <laughs> Um, what was going? I think I was. Uh, my team sucks. I need to carry. I might be zero and four, um, but. But hear me out. I'm gonna yeah. But hear me out. I'm gonna make a big play. Yeah. What what <laughs> happened at 24 minutes, Dokla? Sorry for the people that are not. I'm I'm pulling up the the vod for you to put on screen, Travis. <laughs> um, just uh, he made a really big play that caught a lot of people by by surprise. So. <laughs> Uh, I didn't know what it was. Now that I see it, this is great. <laughs> is that the one where you tried to flash on Sedge, or no? On in top river. Where yeah, uh, are you gonna give yeah, me the timestamp? Uh, yeah, I'm gonna send you on Facebook. Okay. okay. Uh, we'll we'll pull that up. But Dokla, have you been a big NRG fan for a while? Um, not really. I started becoming an NRG fan uh, roughly around April seventh. 
April 7th, roughly, when um, they're being very generous with their payments to my bank account. So after okay. that point, I was, <laughs> I, I turned into a fan. Gotcha, not, not, gotcha. Not too generous. Yeah, not, not too generous, you know. There's not, a lot more generosity to go around. But, There's you know. no ultimate. Okay, Doklo, who, who do you think deserved player of the series? Did it, did it go to the right person? Was it FBI? Or should it have been Palafox or you? Who, who do you think deserved it? Um, actually, I think Victor played really well. I think behind the scenes as well. Um, I think he's an excellent Hi, leader. Robert, a little, um, a little he's very vocal, so I really, yeah, I think it went to the right person. We get to watch this Chick Fil A ad. Okay, here we go. Uh, all right, let's see this. this. Hey, it would have been it would have been a good play if something didn't happen. Okay, maybe, probably not. All right, so you can see Palafox. He's he's in the banana brush on the ramp. Oh shit! Oh. Yeah, I wouldn't have been a good play even if I hit that. <laughs> I think he caught everyone by surprise here. Yeah. Oh my God. I feel like I don't know if it was right after this, but Dokla had a really interesting calm where he was like, "Christian, don't feel like you need to make like a really big play." But if you see it, you should definitely go for it. And then, Which that means absolutely nothing. Yeah, but you know, I mean, like, don't just be a bitch. Like, still go for that. Just next time hit it, you know? Have, have I ever played scared? Who's the most aggressive on our team? That's true, actually. Who um, is the most aggressive? Because I would have guessed Contract, but is it Palafox? I don't know. They all have their moments. I don't have, I don't have blind aggression, usually. Usually, it's like, I get mad that you guys are, being, are playing so scared. And then I'll just... That's... That's definitely blind aggression in a way. Well, no, because but it's like, why are you guys playing scared? There's no reason for it. Your TP play on Draven and the flash to match his flash was really good. That was after that play, right? Huh? Uh, uh, on mid? That was, that was yeah. a bit later. Yeah, yeah. yeah but that, that was like obvious that was going to happen, yeah. But that's the big play Doka was saying you should go for. Yeah. Also, right. what, what do you, you think Doka. about scrimming um, like teams before? finals that are not of lcs caliber and what if you would lose to one of these teams how would that affect you um how would that affect me uh i think that um something happens in in everybody's brain on the lcs team whenever they scrim people of not lcs caliber to make them try or disrespect the enemy player and that makes me a little bit upset yeah so but if we lose to opinion, right uh no <laughs> could you be wrong no. Maybe. Sound, you, can you speak on this? <laughs> I, I do think he could be wrong. I, that's just the stance <laughs> I usually take. But, uh, I mean, the team that we played, so we only got to scrim against, should I say which team it was? Or were that yeah. Dis disguised? Yeah. No, no. no. Uh, well, we scrimmed one of, well, yeah. We scrimmed EST, team with Jose Diodo, and we're rooting for them. They play in... Four days, so you know they they shit on us uh, a little bit, and then but we started playing better closer towards the finals. Um, but yeah, we only got to scrim once or twice or thrice before uh, TL. So but yeah, what you said, Dokla, you're saying that Palafox tried to smurf on some people because he didn't respect them and then lost the game, or uh -oh. you're saying other people? Yeah, I think that's that. what Nishik was saying. Other people, no, no. other people were being so disrespectful and making uncharacteristic mistakes. I and then they told me that they would make these same mistakes against LCS teams. And then I was like, 
you're delusional. Or I, I probably didn't say that. I was just slowly getting mad. I and then don't you remember your girlfriend. I didn't remember her in that moment. But we did <laughs> we did start playing better after I got mad. So I I will say that this absolutely happens. We uh, it happened on on TL back when I was coaching. Anytime you scrimmed an academy team or something, people just thought that they must be dog shit and they take different skill builds and like just don't play matchups the same way and then they get punished and then they're like, "No, I wasn't <laughs> I wasn't trying to ego him." Yeah. All right. Well, Dokla, thank you for joining us. Uh <laughs> Is there anything you want to shout out before we go on to a quick break? Yeah, um, shout out Alienware. You know, love them. Hopefully love you that. guys don't have a competing sponsor brand. Otherwise, that would be awkward. Oh, no, we, we have Alienware. Okay, sick. Thank you, I'm Alienware. currently on an Alienware PC. And well, an I knew Alienware you had them at CLG. I didn't know if they made the jump to NRG. So. <laughs> it doesn't um, matter. I love Alienware. All right, <laughs> great. Dokla, Dokla, also shout out your three favorite coaches. Um, shout out, uh, croissant. What about shout me? Out Think card. Shout out. Pa actually, shout out Pal Fox. Like he actually, he made me play Jax and made me. Dude, you're so research. delusional. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> I went over some Jack spots with him. Actually, oh my god, oh my smile. God. Uh, did you go, did you listen to Fudge on the dive and then? Did that give you the motivation? Okay, so actually, like, yeah, actually, fuck this guy talking so much shit, man. Thinking I'm a wreck in OCP. I mean, he wasn't wrong. <laughs> I mean, he wasn't wrong, but still, like, we're playing it for a reason, and it's because my team's capped, anyways. <laughs> All right, well, thank you. Thank you for yeah. joining the show, and we'll catch you next time. Thank you, thank you. Yeah. All right. Well, now that Dokla's gone, and speaking of Alienware, shout out to Alienware for sponsoring this episode of Hotline League. Really appreciate it. We were able to use Alienware technology when we went to the finals this, this past weekend. It's been fantastic to have them as a partner. And I would really like to shout out the Alienware Aurora R16, which is available now. You can go get it. It is a, it's got a, a smaller chassis than previous versions, uh, additional ports of the front, and it's just a really cool system. If you haven't taken a look at it, go take a look at it uh, because it's got a little bit of a smaller footprint than some of the other Alienware Aurora. So maybe in the past you've looked and you've said, hey, my desk can't fit this, or you know, this is my, I live in a smaller space and I need something a little smaller. Well, guess what? They're now building something specifically for you uh, it's got the wonderful NVIDIA GeForce RTX 40 series GPUs that are still available for it. And it's got advanced cooling tech that helps keep the PC running cool and quiet. So please go check it out. You can do so at alienware.com slash Travis. Uh, and if you do purchase through that link, it does directly support the show and my content here at TGI. So if you are, I know a lot of people come in and they're like, oh, I bought this and you know, it's okay if you don't use the link, you forgot or whatever, it, especially if you tweet about it or you tag Alienware, you just let them know that you did that. That's still helpful. But again, when you do purchase through Alienware.com slash Travis uh, in the US, a portion of that will go back to TGI. So thank you so much to Alienware uh, for supporting the show. Please go check out their new uh, Aurora R16 at Alienware.com slash Travis. And yeah, really appreciate their sponsorship. 
All right. Also, uh, I forgot to say this is not related to the sponsor shout out, but before Doka left, I meant to say we got to find him a girlfriend for the the girlfriend buff for uh, Worlds, but then oh, yeah. I forgot. How do we do that? So, we have a massive female demo here on Hotline League. Uh, Absolutely. So. If you check our YouTube demographics, I'm sure it's not 90-10. Yes. And and <laughs> um, I believe that's that's what he's looking day. for. I'm not trying to make any assumptions, but I believe based off of what I've heard previously, girlfriend is where he's he's headed. Is, so preferred choice yeah yes. uh just i think dropping his twitter is is the best thing we can do for the lad yeah so uh if what is, is it dokla lol dokla lol dokla lol it's in the chat twitter.com slash dokla lol feel free to slide into those dms so that he's not so isolated in the top lane anymore uh thank you very much all right mark is off to grab the next caller should have them here soon oh shout out to Oh man, we're so, well way behind on on subs. Uh, JP Langley, Kanoke, Yadid, Fishy, Dwayne, Sherman, Omega Diamond, Zinc for forty months. Seems Brad for three and Dancer XOXO. Thank you all for the subs. We have DC the King here. DC the King, where are you calling from? Hi, I'm calling from Cincinnati, Ohio. Cincinnati, Ohio. And what do you want to talk about on the show? Um, so <laughs> I want to start by saying. Palafox, I'm a fan. I'm happy NRG won. Uh, but I am calling to say I think the NA mid laner summer uh, rise up is a bit of a fraud. I think that uh, NA mids aren't necessarily better, but the imports are just worse. Okay. Go ahead and elaborate if you'd like to. So, um, I think uh, in general, like if you're looking at the list of the imported mid laners, um, we've got like Challenger League, Korea, Quid, uh, Bolulu from Turkey. We've got Diplex from like the ERLs. Uh, let's just spring, but I'm looping them in. Uh, MNS, which was, I'm, I'm not sure exactly where he was playing. He was playing Challenger League and then he was playing, was he playing in Brazil or I'm not sure. Um, I'm sure somebody knows. So in general, I think the imports weren't like as high quality when you compare to like Prime Bjergsen, Jensen, Niski. Uh, World Champion Crown, uh, Febivin, Jizuke, PoE, Abdage. Um, and I think that, uh, not that I'm happy NA mids did well, I'm a big NA fan, but I just don't think that the, the quality of imports is as high, so it makes the NA mid laners look better. All right. Uh, big talking words. Yeah, I mean, I mean, what you said, I, I don't think is really like that controversial. Like, I do think the quality of imports is down. Um, which, I mean, by proxy does make it so NA mids look better, right? Um, but I don't necessarily think it's like, it's like too big of a gap, if that makes sense. I think that like, um, as an example, like Jojo, Jojo in NA mid is looking like really, really, really well, or really good. Um, I think MNS was, uh always like a little bit shaky so that like was um kind of eh. i thought gory was actually like probably one of the better imports that we've gotten in a long time um but i mean what you're saying like the imports are technically worse but or and that does just like yeah that just leads to any is looking better yeah i think that's true croissant how how much should we take away from the rise of North American midliners as, as there's less competition supposedly, or do you agree? Uh, I mean, I'll just say, let's, let's see 
at Worlds. Like, I... Sorry, I'm getting some feedback. Um, Here, well, Mark Mark can hear me, supposedly, so maybe he can dash back and answer this call, uh, call while you... Or answer this question while you are dealing with your feedback. Or maybe he won't. Maybe he is busy doing something very important. There he is. Okay, he dashed back. Mark... We're ha- te- croissants I thought this was a, a perfect time to make a second cup of tea, and then croissant fucking failed me. And <laughs> had mic issues right when I needed him. Uh, so, I mean, I totally agree. Pal Fox is a fraud, and in any other year, had any of these import mids worked out, this never would have happened. Vicla, See, who's the real energy hitter? Vicla, rest, rest in pepperonis. Vicla, he should have smurfed you guys. Um, just didn't work out this time. Uh, yeah, Gory also should have smurfed. Didn't end up doing it. Uh, Eminem should have smurfed. Well, that's the point, right? Is that like these players were not? You say should have smurfed, but I think the I caller's think argument is that they they weren't going to because the sort of blindly importing a player from another region in the mid lane position is not as good as whenever you're importing, I don't know, perks or somebody like that. Oh, yeah, perks curious, was like, perks what? was fucking crazy when he showed up here, guys. <laughs> he definitely was insane. He was and, better uh, than didn't. Did, he wanted to be here for sure. I'm not saying plays. that's. Not, I look. I, I am in the camp of probably would have better to run Palafox even if they didn't get the results they they got for long term health of the league and long term health of C9. But I I will say that perhaps compared to Quid, Perks is superior. <laughs> or was that? Yeah. Unique? Yeah, that's kind of like I'm not trying to say for the health of the league or like people are making the wrong decisions going more NA centric, but I just feel like the the narrative was going towards like look at all these NA players they're so good, and it's not that they're bad. It's just like the competition's gone down, so they're gonna look better, you know. Like like you can hate on Perks as he wasn't necessarily as good as people thought, but he did get us out of groups at Worlds and he did win a championship, right? I'd argue uh, Doin B got us uh, out of groups at Worlds, but fair enough. Yeah. Okay, or TN, but yeah, that's fair. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I mean, like, obviously I'm being a little tongue-in-cheek. I think both can be true. I think, like, yeah, there's some imports that didn't work out this time around. Um, but I think there's also a lot of times where, like, this has always been done, where there's, like, a bunch of, like, no offense, but, like, mid people imported, and then they come to the LCS, and they're mid, and then they leave, and you just don't remember them because they were mid. But, like... I would argue, like, I always bring up this example, like, GBM was, like, a fine LCK player. He came over, and he was, like, fine here, but it wasn't, like, he, like, shit all over everyone. But, like, in the, he was, it was positioned like that was going to happen. That was, like, in 2015, you know, like, during the heyday of that kind of stuff. And, like, you know, I think Takui was fine. Like, we had Blue. Is there any difference between Ruby and Blue or Quid and Blue, this split, compared to previous ones? You know, like, there's, I think... Always examples of ones that work and one that don't. Like, I didn't think Gory was going to work out this good at the start of the year, to be fair. Like, I didn't think he was going to be on this Golden Guardian team that was contesting for one of the best teams in the split. Um, and there he was, you know. So, like, I, yeah, people people in chat are doing a good job of listing, like, just names who have come and gone through the LCS who, like, didn't, didn't work out. So, I, I think, yeah, you can point to some of these examples, but I think there's also some that still did fine. Like... MNS, you can flame a little bit, but like I actually think he was he was largely fine. I, I yeah, I think he was all pro, but I think he was fine. Um, so you know, I, I think I don't think it was that much worse than before. I think there were just a lot more NA mids who worked out this time around. I think they did improve. I, I mean, I would just say like if you look at 2022, 2021, 
like I think JoJo might be the only one in two years to make the All Pro list. Like I, I think that's just yeah, Palafox was think, slighted last I think summer. I think we've taken like there was always bad import mid laners like not to flame blue, but like yeah, like people like that. But then the top end talent was better, and I think we've trimmed some of the top end imports down. I mean, but we've also stuck. I mean, I also think some of these players have just ended up in better, like some of this North American talent has ended up in better position than they were previously. Because for a long time, I feel like the NA mids that were being run, I mean, there was a point in time where we only had one NA mid laner, right? Um, yeah. And yeah, oftentimes they were on bottom teams. And so I feel like whenever you start, this kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier, is that a lot of them are getting being given a chance as well. So... It's kind of you. It's really hard to make it to have the conversation because it's like, yeah, there aren't as many of these other good mid laners in because a lot of these NA players are finally being put in ecosystems where they can succeed, and so you you kind of can't have one without the other. You know what I mean? Can Can you just name the five best import mid laners you think ex existed from twenty 2020 twenty twenty to twenty twenty three? Um, I didn't really make a list, but I'll just think of um. I mean, we can like try to help. Mine, not not necessarily Abba, a top Abba five in order, out. but like uh, Abadage, Abadage, Are you saying? Wait, wait. Just my question for croissant. Are you saying ones that were new during that time period, or just um, having to come over? Oh, that's a good question. Yeah, like newer ones. Yeah, newer ones. Yeah, then you're talking about like Abadage, Juzuke, uh, Perks. Yeah, uh, I'm trying to think of any others. Niski, I guess Niski came Nisky, and left Nisky and came back. Niski was not. Yeah. I don't think he was around during that time. Nisky on the comeback. Yeah. I think, yeah. It's just like, after... I don't see a huge gap between those mids. They had certain high highs, uh, but, you know, after his first split here, Abadaga was, like, he want, he wanted to go home, um, and he's doing better there now. I wouldn't put any of them handily above Gory or MS or like and and as you said we've trimmed down on like the lower end so i just think on balance you yeah the rise of na mids is because they have better support they're on better teams and they're improving every year so palafox could you have won lcs take take energy that just won the title and put them against 2021 summer split winners. Anyone teams. you say, anyone you say yes. <laughs> it was 2021. If you, unless you're saying like if they had to play a whole year in our. The, I'm saying like, me. forget the time <laughs> travel shenanigans that like you get into, but like just take your roster right now that you just won a title with and put them up against title winners from, you know, 2021. Do you think you could beat some of those guys? Like, who who was on that roster? 2021, Dick was on that roster. Yeah. yeah how are we gonna? Yeah, just like, I don't know. Just relatively. I don't know. It's not a real question. It's not going to happen. Yeah, yes, of course. Of course. Yeah, yeah. Someday and close. Yeah. Dokla right. be someday. You got UV. Be Abadaga. Yeah. What about the JoJo Pyundani EG roster? You got JoJo Pyundani roster. You have the old C9, which was with perks that they won one in spring. You know, it's largely the same roster except Sven, AD carry instead of Berserker. You know, I'm just uh, going to say yes no matter what. It's. I it's yeah we would we would shit on them it's fine <laughs> exactly so it's not that much that the the imports were worse because those all had import mids and here you are saying you'd still beat their ass yeah 
<laughs> All right. Uh, DC the King, thank you so much for the call. Anything you want to shout out before we go on to our next caller? Uh, I'm going to shout out my wife. Uh, she's pregnant. We're due this week, and she's letting me call in right now. So, Oh, hey, congratulations. congratulations. Shout out to my brother. Long term. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah. Uh, shout out to my brother. He's listening in. Uh, I've been listening a long time. First time I got pulled on the show. I remember Hotline Love. Should bring it back. Uh, and uh, shout out to Alienware. Yeah. Thank you very much. Oh, thanks. Have a good one. I've been saying, Travis. Hotline Love would just get us canceled. No way. <laughs> What's Hotline Love? All we right, did, Hotline Lee, we did for Valentine's Day, we did an episode where we did relationship advice and uh, for callers. And why and would that get you canceled? Because, because like, Travis the, 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 the episode ended up being far more real than I think Mark <laughs> and I thought it was going to be. We had some really <laughs> intense calls with that that we were not prepared for. And what do you mean? some awkward. We, do you do you not remember this episode, Mark? Have you just like bl- blurred I it? I only remember the hot days. I remember anymore. that we we got someone married. Someone was like, "I'm going on my first date with this girl," and then they they're married now. Yeah, and somebody else advice. called in and said like, really? "Oh, somebody I ha- has like had like a gun and by my home or something like that." Like they called in about like a stalker or something. Oh. Yeah, we had real conversations, man. We saved. We help people out in their relationships. I'm pretty sure we saved a couple of relationships. Maybe not. I don't know. I'm just saying, compared to most <laughs> dating shows, compared to most dating shows, we overperformed the metric. We definitely did get somebody <sighs> married. That is true. And I think they're expecting a child now, I believe. I forget. But the, wow. yeah, I feel like we should leave it at that episode. You know? We need to do a hotline love, and we got to get Dokla on. That's what, that's what we true. need to do. What he doesn't he's not in a, he doesn't have a, a relationship take. Well, we gotta figure out why. I bet we could pick his brain. He says it's top lane. I don't know. I bet All there's right. some other reasons. Wait, where he sexy. says it's top lane. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> he says top laners are single, but you know maybe he's messy. I don't know. Okay, I finished the the prediction thing and said that Mark does not have COVID. So if anybody thinks it was rigged, you can take it up with Mark. Um, all right, he's off to grab the next caller. Shout out to Crawl is Balls. I'm Brady P. And Sethy Poo for one year. Thank you, everybody. Uh, yeah, Dokla says, I need a girlfriend to improve comms. Chris, make it happen. Chris, I, would, uh, I would vouch to get Apollo Price on your dating show before Dokla. Yeah. Before Dokla, okay. Yeah. Is Apollo Price still single? He is definitely... On the market for the right price. Okay. Wow, oh. for the right price. All right. <laughs> Apollo Price. I get it. He uh, He's a very eligible bachelor. I feel like people should go after that. Ives is here. Ives, where are you calling from? Hi, guys. Uh, I'm calling from Buenos Aires, Argentina, once again. Yes, welcome back. Good to have you on the show. Uh, what do you want to talk about? Thanks. So, my take is... Energy Win LCS proves that having a Welsh code team with a good environment is better than investing in a team full of superstars without any identity. So you said I it's you're a little quiet. So that first part you said energy winning proves that having a team a team with the right environment? Yeah. And a well coached team. Okay, with a good coaches, you're saying. A well coached team. I think there's um, a question of how much if you were an organization making a new team should you spend on coaches versus players i mean i think how many you guys have seven or eight coaches croissant um so before the split we had 
Okay, when we first started, it was just me, Thinkard, and then we got Apollo and Tanner, DeMonte, and then the split after we had Brandini as top positional coach, and then the split after that, we switched Brandini out for Soaz, and then this last split, our two coaches from Academy, our roster got dissolved, so we wanted to keep them on, and uh, we found a way to make them work um, in our system, and they, they did a great job too. Uh, but it so was not our intention to come. It was never part of our intention to come in and have seven coaches. Okay. Right. Um, there are, uh, you know, like C9. I feel like there's like a couple of teams that had four to five coaches. So it's like we're definitely the team with the most. But I mean, I think like, a lot cut down. Didn't a lot of people, I feel like a lot of teams cut their coaching staff this year down a lot. Some Some did. Like I think Golden Guardians who I think were the first to have this kind of system overall. Or, I mean, some teams like TSM tried it a long time ago, but, like, they would have positional coaches that were remote and not, like, uh, I'm not sure about the credentials overall, but Golden Guardians had uh, anywhere from five, four to six coaches, I think, um, in person. And C9, for example, they have, like, Rigby and Vega V2 and Duffman and Mithy, but two of them are remote. But I'm sure they like also put in like more work than other teams that have coaches that are like in person. So and those those coaches are also effective in a remote environment as well. So, um, but point being, uh, that was just to like I was answer your question, Travis, and then to the caller's question, uh, no. 90% of the time, I would go for better players than go for better coaches. But you need to make sure that, like, <clears throat> there are good coaches on the market. Like, any of our coaches, I feel like, uh, could be a LCS head coach or LCS strategic coach. Maybe some of them don't feel personality type-wise or, like, maybe that's not the step in the career that they want. I think some of our coaches have declined offers elsewhere. I have declined head coach offers because I would rather work with Thomas, or I'd rather work with uh, certain players on like this roster, but any player, which players would you rather work with? Um, the ones that, <laughs> yeah, the ones that give me the least headaches. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I think first and foremost, you should prioritize your roster. That's clear. But it's like both players and management. Like if before. They had like a nine. I've had players be like, I literally don't care what. I mean, I think most players say, I. People think that certain things make a lot bigger of a difference. You'll see on Reddit, like, oh, maybe this player went here because this coach is there, blah, blah, blah. But 95% of the time, players will just go to the roster that they think has the best roster. Uh, actually, when you factor in money, maybe it's now like, that's 95% of situations that don't involve money. But overall, 100% of the time, like maybe 30, 40% of players pursue money over the career. But most players pursue competitive success over like the bag, unless the bag is 2x more or whatever, right? Um, I think that has held true. And so, but the split should be more even, right? It should be something like, uh, in terms of, if you're aiming for competitive success, you should make sure that like 70% of what you're considering is... Um, Okay, I did not 
Thank you, Christian, for that information. In, I, in the uh, Skype chat, Palafox is just dropping his salary offers into, into the <laughs> chat, derailing croissant. Anyway, continue. Yeah. Uh, prioritize oh. your players Talk first, but you know, <clears throat> your coaching staff will matter in the long run, and it can be hard to assess, but just do a combination of due diligence. Talk to players that have worked th with th these coaches before, and talk to the coaches directly. And, um, yeah, like think about the big picture. And so that goes for players that goes for organizations. It's yeah. Palafox without saying the numbers, do you want to say how, what, like what the percentage gap was between like, oh, what you were uh, just saying in the chat? Yeah, I took, I took, um, half of the offer from one team to another in, it was a, it was a big chunk of money. Uh, especially for me at the time, considering my first year salary was 20k. <laughs> um, but yeah, I took half half of the amount. Um, yeah, you're saying at one to to clarify. He's saying that at one point in time he was offered twice as much to join a certain team, and he took half to join a different team. Uh, why did you choose that? You just thought that that was the better team to be on. I thought if I stayed on uh, the current team I was on, I would end my career the next year. He did yeah. not chase the bag. All right. Uh, yeah, that, that's a. I think speaks to how a lot of to what Croissant was saying. Like a lot of pros are somewhat less money oriented than I think people say. I was a. Uh, I was deep in some Reddit thread this over the weekend. Someone was talking about like, oh man, the fucking LA lifestyle. I think it was the one about moving the LCS out of LA, and people were like, oh yeah, that LA lifestyle. Dude, man. that is like, my but, favorite. Uh, but unironically. <laughs> Unironically, like, yeah, man, Palafox is just fucking partying with all those porn <laughs> stars with his ex salary that's probably insano and, like, you know. Dude, I don't know if that's some, like, flyover state shit or something like that, but, like. I think it's European fans who just, like, don't actually watch or something. I, I don't, don't understand. Yeah. Because this has been one of the bigger memes on Hotline League forever. Is every now that some highly upvoted comment dogging on NA pros occurs. Where people say, I think we have it on the wheel, the excuse wheel that I made, <laughs> because there's always some sort of group on Reddit that's suddenly like, oh, you know, the celebrity culture of Hollywood is what's causing the LCS players to stay there. Or like, they don't try because they're too caught up in the LA living. It's, it's why Dokla's single. He's too busy just running around town, party after party, Playboy yeah. Mansion, all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And uh, that shit is just always so funny because I'm like, dude, the biggest thing these guys ever do is go to Sawtail and grab like Tatsu or Sujita or something like that. Like, actually, that's not true. I will say, and I'll, I've mentioned this publicly before, but I was in uh, Fullerton, no, it was Anaheim, California in <laughs> June. And I'm driving around, I'm going to a food place to meet up with uh, people. To, I was with Drew, and we were going to meet up with some friends to get food down there because I was down there for an event. I won't talk about which event. And I pull up. I'm standing on the corner on a street in Anaheim, California, was Palafox and Contracts. And who who else was with it you? Was Poom. It, it was Poom. Mm -hmm. And all three of them were just hanging out there. And this was, I think, the first week of Summer Split. Or was this? Yeah. Yeah. So were, were they, were they, had they walked out? Had they walked out down to? They walked out of a, a eatery, a food hall, 
where they'd been presumably eating all the way in Anaheim, California. So these guys were partying it up, and I have the evidence. So, uh, all right. Anyway, what was that call about? I've completely lost. Ives, <laughs> what, what were you? What's your take, Ives? Oh, mid lane. So- no, that was a while. No, ago. no, he he was saying no. that uh, coaching staff matters a lot, and Palafox said it doesn't, and uh, no, he, I didn't he did that. it all himself. No, that is true. <laughs> true. Did yeah. say that. Not that that thing is true. Yeah. Was, uh, oh, go ahead, Palafox. Oh, sorry. Um, Chris's take was that roster matter or like better players more or matter more a lot of the time. Um, I I probably have like a different take just because like. Most of my struggles in the scene kind of involved like coaches, <laughs> literally my entire career. So I, I, I truly believe like a better coaching staff matters more. Yeah. Uh, this is something I, I should have asked Dokla or something, but like, what is it like working with Soaz? Because I think it was he was one of the first people as the scene was getting coaches where he was like, man, fuck coaches, basically. I, he, he had a little bit more nuanced take than that, but like that's that's the distilled down version. Um, and now that he's a coach, it's just like comes full circle. So how, how is it working like with him? Um, he said that he's the forking goat, actually. Do- yeah, Dokla just said that. Oh, show. yeah, yeah. But I, I, I really enjoy talking to Soaz. He, um, uh, even outside of like, like Dokla loves Soaz. That's all you need to know. Like, uh, he is, has challenged, he's just helped Dokla get through his, funda- improve his fundamentals really well. Um, but Soaz has a very open mind. He will always come to me and just be like, uh, what do you think about this? And present like concepts of, um, that I think are very like, he always has a clear logic, uh, even if we don't ultimately agree. And he also is able to, um, simulate like I feel like very consistent and very good 1v1 scenarios so that helps a lot uh, if Doka wants to practice any sort of matchup or if I want to practice any sort of matchup against Soaz um, so you know what's he, interesting I haven't heard either of you mention DeMonte yet is he, is he a fraud? No we, we mentioned Tanner. They did they he did was, mention him did they? Oh we, I haven't heard Pal Fox say but not in a favorable way. I will tell a story that I've uh, never told um, which I don't know if Christian knows but when we were first figuring out, okay, we know we want some positional coaches uh, for our infrastructure. Um, Apollo Price, we had already seen his work at Golden Guardians when me and Thomas were there on the academy team. So we were like down to get him. Um, and so that covered bot lane. <laughs> I, uh, like, Thomas was a jungler, so we had, uh, we wanted someone for a solo lane, definitely. And it came down to pretty much RJS and DeMonte. And I fought like fucking hell for DeMonte. And I'm sorry, RJS, I don't know where you are. But I told I told Tanner, like, I re- like you I feel like you have other offers, but if you come here, I feel like you will be the best mid lane positional coach. Not that there are that many, but like you will you will make a difference. And I uh like Christian and Tanner have very different communication styles and also very different like play styles throughout their career. But that kind of balance is something that I value really highly. And uh, like the arguments that you see, like 
I have with Christian or Christian has with Dokla or whatever, like those, those are the moments that make a team great. And, uh, well, RJS probably would have gotten into some disagreements with Christian too, but I, you know, uh, I don't know how that would have all worked out. So I'm glad that we have Tanner because he has not, I mean, he brings not just his, his, his view of the game, but he is a very, uh, he's good for the vibes always. And he pushes people to mentally reset and just bring their best self every day. Um, and so hard worker, I mean, I, I will have like, we shouldn't go, we really shouldn't go through every single coach. Cause I could talk about every single coach for forever. Um, but that's just cause you asked specifically about those guys, but I will write a post saying what I appreciate about every single one, just so everyone gets a fair. Yeah. I'm now I'm just thinking about how much better Palafox could be if he was coached by RJS instead, the goat. <laughs> I don't think I would be better. <laughs> Eves, thank you so much for the you call. Could be wrong. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Anything you want to shout out before we go on to our last caller? Yeah, of course. Uh, shout out to Alienware, as always. Uh, you should definitely check them out, guys. They have some great products. Also to THI and Holland League and to the whole energy staff, and especially to Palafox. I know it has been a long journey, but you should be really proud of of yourself because it is well earned and good luck at the worlds. Thank you so much. Thank, Thank you. you for the call. You guys, bye bye. Take care. You too. All right. We have one last caller remaining. Shout out to Smoke Dog for forty two months. Got to see him at finals, which was really cool. Thank you to everybody who came up and said nice things to me at finals. I really appreciate it. A lot of the uh, communities lately have been saying not nice things about me, so I really appreciate it whenever people come up and say, oh, I watch your show all the time. What I don't appreciate is when people say, I used to watch your content all the time. That feels like not as nice. All right, caller. That just sounds like you're insecure. Caller. Mark, you know, maybe we could have this conversation. Uh, caller, what's your name and where are you, where are you from? Hi there, I'm the Black Sheep, and I'm calling from Hamilton, Ontario. Hamilton, Ontario. What do you want to talk about on the show? So my take is that even though NRG just won the LCS Finals, uh, going into Worlds, I think that analysts and critics aren't going to place them as North America's strongest seed, uh, which I also think is unfortunate, because uh, I think they have what it takes to be uh, the top team for NA. All right. Why do you think people won't rank them as the strongest team? So I think in the past, when it comes to other team, when it comes to like other other worlds, um, critics have always um, gone over like past history and valued you know teams like C9 that consistently make it to worlds, um, even Team Liquid. Uh, I think when it comes to the members on Energy, um, you know. For a lot of them, this is their first time either going to Worlds or it's been a while for them going to Worlds. Um, so I don't think they're going to get the the amount of talent they have isn't going to be uh, taken into account um, as compared to, you know, Fudge has been to Worlds a bunch, um, Spen has been to Worlds a bunch. So there's they're going to get discounted on the like the international competition. Gotcha. Um, when it comes to like the comparisons. All right. 
Well, uh, well, I think um, that actually might be a little bit true. Something that I think, uh, I mean, I don't know if people think like C9 was just playing bad on the day. Like, I'm sure that there's still some like some of that copium, you know. Um, at least for me, I know it was very different playing on such a big stage, and I was just like. I was a little bit uncomfortable, but I'm getting used to it. I don't know how my other teammates felt, um, but I'm sure there was a little bit of that as well. You had to pee uh, really bad. Yeah, I had to pee really bad in game three and four. <laughs> well, you game didn't pee between game three and game four? No, I, I did. I was just drinking a lot. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, but I don't know. It, it just kind of feels like the, the trend will continue a little bit. Um Aside from that, though, I don't think we should be discounted because uh, I think that we actually have like a lot more of an aggressive, aggressive style. And like, I know it might sound dumb, but like, we're not afraid to lose, if that makes sense. Um, and just not being afraid to lose will generally make you like a bit better of a team. Like in the first game against C9, like we failed to dive top, but it didn't stop us from trying to make like similar plays in the next games, you know? Um, yeah, I will say I I did feel that in that series where especially I don't know I I because I expected C nine to win. There were several moments where like the game would be going not your way, especially in that first game or or before we realized the second game was going to be so good. And then I realized that like then I just see these really proactive ballsy plays where I feel like a lot of other teams would have gotten scared and like turned over. So yeah, um, yeah. I'll be right back. Uh, Mark, you answer somebody's at my door um i wonder what like this win at finals does for the overall like uh perception of fans uh of na at worlds because we i was talking to jet afterwards after you guys won and we're like this is actually i think a great thing because people i i don't know how to say this but like they they always overhype NA teams or like some some portion of fans do where they want to believe that like they are uh like the best team we've ever sent to worlds i feel like i see that conversation every time we send like the quote-unquote favorites as our one seed in some sense like when we sent c9 last year and if they went again i feel like people would be like this is the best shot we got berserker he's cracked all this stuff and funnily enough i don't think people will have crazy expectations now which I think is actually a good thing. Um, and I feel kind of similar to what Kristan was saying earlier, where each of the NA teams we're sending are good at different things and have the ability to win or outperform depending on like patch and how they're feeling that day and like whether or not they're being scared of the, the moment with the stage games and stuff like that. And I've always felt like NA teams do have this like ridiculous pressure they put on themselves. Um, and you see them like, for TL and I think it was 2021 where they were like started zero two and once they were basically mathematically eliminated they start playing well which happened to MSI as well and it's like I don't think NRG is a team that will be like that uh, which I think gives them a, a pretty big advantage I guess that's what Palafox was just saying is like I I actually like that the expectations have been reset and I don't think pundits and analysts should be like oh, yeah, C9 is still better. They just got unlucky against NRG. It's like, no, I think what NRG did, they can do against basically anyone. And, like, they did it to Golden Guardians as well. And, like, they went to MSI, and you saw how they did. So, you know, like, I don't know. I, I, I feel like uh, I don't have a strong opinion about who's the best representative we're sending. I think 
The only opinion I would have is that Team Liquid's actually probably the weakest. <laughs> um, but I, I don't know uh, if this is the right time to dive into that conversation. No, we'll have literally six weeks to talk, to talk about it. Actually, really quickly, just as a side tangent, it, does it feel really fucking weird for you guys in terms of how long it is until Worlds starts? I mean, I know that they had to move it because of the Asian games, but I feel like LCS is... It wrapped... Eh, I guess LEC is the only one that's like super late, but... Yeah, how how strange does it feel to have this giant fucking gap before you get to play any real games? Well, like, I don't think it's actually that big, just because, like, it's the 22nd now. I think we're planning on leaving on the 13th or 15th to Korea. So it's only, like, three, three and a half weeks or so until we until we go. Yeah, I don't but, yeah, but like, you don't play games. In the group stage, right? Wait, three months play in the group stage. Okay. Right. So, so what was crazy to me, because today is the 22nd and we play, I don't know, maybe sometime between the 19th and 23rd for our first game in October. And what was crazy to me is I was looking at the Reddit thread and it was saying, um, it was linking to the comment from our first game against uh, EG where we got perfect gamed. And they're like, this was whoever energy pitched buying this org is must be really ridiculous. Or <laughs> financial decision, whatever, right? Uh, someone, was, someone also tried to call days. in with that take. Yeah, yeah, that was sixty-seven days ago. Before, and it's like we went through all of the regular season in six weeks. Then we had I don't know a week, and then we had a three to four weeks of playoffs. So that span of time is the amount of time that is between now and when we play at Worlds. And so what I will say is just. You know, there's no reason to think that... Um, Douglas says, wait, what the fuck? And Palafox in the chat is reacting to this. <laughs> They're just now realizing how long yeah. it's going to take before they play. That's, I fucking love pro yeah. players. They're the best. Like, dude, there's so much that can happen in that time. And I think the most important thing for us is that we need to stay humble. But like, we can lose. We can easily start off weak. And then that'll affect our ability to show... like. I don't want to be one of those teams that loses early on and then is like, okay, now we have nothing to lose. So, like, respect everyone, but hold the mentality that if we prepare correctly, if we put in the right work, and if we play with our pride on the line, we can beat yeah. any team. Chris, I'm kind of curious what you think about this, but I think the biggest thing that, maybe the biggest problem that we'll have in Korea is potentially, um, we've always been like pretty big scrim players. And uh, on top of it, I think some of us are stage players. players. Stage players, yeah. Stage players. Yeah. We are not scrim players. Um, in fact, I think we're quite bad at scrims in terms of like the, the comparison of energy from scrims to stage. Uh, if we get reality checked in scrims, I'm wondering like how much effort we're going to put into the scrims and try to make it this, like similar to stage. And then on top of it, not getting tilted if we get reality checked, you know? I mean, we are going to get a reality check. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. How quickly, like, and I, I think, think we, we what I'm what I'm optimistic about is just like some of us are new to that level of competition um, and those level of opponents. But I think all of you guys are going to like, you're going to have fun. <laughs> it doesn't matter if we're getting shit on. It's like it is fun playing against people that you respect. And then second of all. The players that have played in those scrims, like Vic has already shown that he is accountable, that he, it, when he is playing against those, that level of players, 
and that he uh, is hungry to prove himself again. So um, we have a good balance of like, you know, whether we're fresh to it or like no one's coming in and just like, I'm going to get shit on. And yeah, like there is, we're going to go in with the same mentality that we've had and whether or not, yeah, it's just how are we going to play on the date? Counter argument. You guys are, are, oh, sorry, go ahead, Travis. Albus Knox Luna, 2016, couldn't get any scrims, fucking crushed it, made it out of groups, and surprised everybody. So just don't If you don't guys scrim. haven't played Baldur's Gate yet, I highly suggest like a 100 hour playthrough of Baldur's Gate. Don't I might actually be good for team bonding. I was thinking about it. Uh, no, I was going to say, are you guys really not scrim gods? Or I, I would have guessed that Astral is actually just good enough to have beaten a 1NA, right? Yeah. If we, if we did the same thing that Romain does, where we track our, where we show our win rate versus every team, <laughs> you guys would be like, holy fuck! Like, actually, that'd be such a great tweet though to have won in NA and then tweet out your scrim results, and it's like a thirty percent win rate or something. It might be. I would, I would not be surprised if we're it below fifty be. in scrims, uh, or below forty, but not. I mean, it's actually hard to. I think most teams fall in the 45 to 55 range. Uh, it's like actually hard to be further out. Um, so I mean, I assume it's not great if you're just stomping every scrim because then you're not doing enough to try to test yourself or do different things or whatever, right? Yeah, unless you're a team like G2 that does try different things and still maintains that win rate, then it's like, then you know you're good, like right. for sure, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. Well, hey, thank you so much, caller, for the call. What do you want to shout out here at the end? Uh, shout out to Alienware and shout out to Energy for winning finals. Yeah. Thank you so much for the call. Really appreciate it. Thanks All for right. having me on. Well, uh, we are winding down the show now, but I'm going to stay online, so please, everybody stick around. I need your help for at least 10 minutes or so after the show. But... Palafox, what do you want to shout out? What do you want to plug? How are you feeling with the COVID? Are you holding up? Uh, yeah, I just need to cough a, a little bit more. Um, <laughs> you know, shout out my girlfriend, Katie. Actually, genuinely helped me a lot this split. Um, shout out to my family, too, for coming out. This is the first event they've ever came out to, so glad I got them a win. Dude, there. that's sick. That's actually yeah, so yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah. And uh, shout out to all my friends for supporting me. My IRL friends, my online friends that I've had for years. So thank you so much. Yeah. Uh, any any shit you want to talk before we uh, we go? Any anyone who didn't give you an all pro nod that should have? Any teams that passed on you that shouldn't have? You know, any any of that stuff? Um. No, the only I mean the only shit I would ever talk about right now is just like organizations. I hope you realize how important Academy is for your ecosystem. Um, Probably don't spend 800k on an academy team. That was probably a mistake. Uh, hopefully, you realize that was probably your own fault. Um, <laughs> but regardless, you know, yeah. But the state of California, Palafox. All right, yeah. Croissant. What do you want to? What do you want to shout out? Plug. I saw. By the way, I saw you got a like love thread on Reddit, which I thought was really cool. Did you see that? Uh, I did that. That was really nice. It was also, it was very descriptive. Um, <laughs> yeah. 
I would just like to say that um, on the point of like anybody that I want to call out or, you know, I came into, uh, I started working in LCS because I wanted to make a difference and leave my mark. And I thought, you know, it does feel good to prove people wrong. A lot of the people that, um, you know, told me that I just like literally wasn't meant to be here or shit like that. Um, but I, I really do thank those people because I, not just because it, it wasn't like fuel or motivation for me. Uh, it is just that in every one of those moments, I feel like I learned something about myself, um, and how I could improve. And that the most important thing is that I don't remember, I don't have a full list of those names. I, in times like this, when we stood on stage and we won, I remembered the people that kept me going. Um, long list of like family and friends and uh, mainly friends and like, but but the people that like you guys would recognize or you guys would know are just like people like Core. He told me I was going to quit uh, after 2020. Um, it was a difficult year, and he told me LCS needs people like you, needs coaches like you, and I just I'm I learned so much from these types of players, and I also have some of my strongest relationships and bonds are with people that I've worked with in the LCS, and so this is a league that I care about, and uh, it is about uplifting and about celebrating like good players, good teams amazing fans than shitting on any particular individuals. So, yeah. Well, very well and, spoken. And Alienware. <laughs> and Alienware. Them <laughs> too. Uh, Mark, what do you got uh, for us? Not much to shout out. Just, uh, it was really nice finals. It was a lot of fun. Uh, shout out to the NRG guys for bringing it home. I think they have a really cool story, and I'm glad that they were able to finish it out perfectly. Um, in that sense, that been pushing like the power of anime, the shonen arc, the like all of them at some point of the top half of the map have uh, dropped out back into tier two or in Doku's case even lower, and being able to like do those timelines and stuff. I, I know not a ton of people don't watch the pre-show, but I had a lot of fun being able to put those together and stuff. And uh, yeah, it was just really cool to see them kind of finish off this like. NA talent arc in a really good way. And for a lot of them, uh, hopefully this is just the beginning. Uh, shout out to Palafox and Croissant. I appreciate you both coming on. Palafox we've had on previously, even if Mark didn't remember. But Croissant, <laughs> it's been fun to uh, become closer friends with you, Croissant, over the, the year as we've as you've come out to my events, which I won't talk about. And uh, and so seeing uh, you you win, I think, was really fun. And I know, I've been pestering folks who... As as I've talked to Croissant, I've always known he'd be a really good guest on the show, and uh, I've pestered him to try to come on, but he was always busy. And so, as uh, within I think twenty minutes of him walking off stage, I think before the press conference even happened, he DM'd me and was like, "All right, I can come on Hotline League now." And I said so, I would only come on if we won. Yeah, because well, you asked me. You asked me after we won against like TL the first round, and yeah. I was like, "Later." Yeah, yeah. So that that worked out really well, um, and you did it. So and you did it, and all the players did it also that you would come on the show. And I thought that was really generous of them. So um, for everyone else, we're going to keep doing episodes of Hotline League, but there might be a couple of weeks where Mark and I take a break. Uh, he and I haven't really talked about this 
too much yet, but we will have one next Monday. But I mean, Mark, the big thing is what the fuck are we going to talk about for like seven weeks? You know what I mean? Like we will pull callers for the same three topics. Yes. Who's going to win EU or NA? Who's our best team at Worlds? Normally there's like a three week break before plan starts and that's hard enough to get through. I think what we will probably do is it's try to like have hotline love some special life. guests on. I bugged Disguise Toast and he said he might he might be down to come on in the beginning of September. So we'll probably try to do some special episodes Ooh. where we we talk about some some stuff. But uh, next Monday at seven we'll be back. So please tune in. Uh, I'm going to Valorant Media Day tomorrow. I have a bunch of uh, content coming out, including an interview with the two folks who are running esports and League of Legends for Americas, uh, Raul and Carlos. Carlos recently, over, actually over the weekend, got announced as the new head of Americas Esports so for League of Legends, so folks can uh, stay tuned for that. I'm very curious what everyone's opinions are going to be. And uh, and so a bunch of stuff will be dropping, but I will also be out of town this weekend on a little break, so um, <laughs> we'll see how things go. But either way, stick around, please, on stream. Uh, I always really appreciate when you all do, and thanks again to... Palafox and Croissant for coming on. Palafox is about to pass out, so we're going to let him go. Anyway, see you all next week.